normally you overshare and you want everyone to know about this time. Mm -hmm. But I just felt so like shocked and overwhelmed by what was happening that I shut down. So people would ask, what do you think you're going to do for fall? And I was like, I really don't want to talk about it. I I will let you know when I decide. You will probably get an email from me and that will be the only time we discuss it. Welcome to Bride to Have Been. I'm your host, Emily Lewis. Like many others, I was a bride-to-be, planning to marry my best friend in front of our loved ones, our tribe of 150 people. Needless to say, the pandemic upended the Pinterest perfect wedding I had planned. From 150 to seven guests, I had the most unexpected dream wedding. But not all brides and wedding professionals have had the same experience. Join me as I uncover the reality of this new normal in the wedding industry. Hey everyone, welcome back to Bride to Have Been. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you all to Layla Shams. From the brief conversation I had with Layla a few weeks ago, she and her husband had this kind of love for one another that feels creative, supportive, passionate, and glam. These two love them some gold. From their COVID wedding story, what I've loved about these two is that when one person is feeling defeated, the other is there to lift them up and take matters into their own hands. Needless to say, Layla and Austin's October 2020 wedding in San Diego, California was canceled, but their elopement turned out to be an intimate celebration with the two of them and their family and friends over Facebook Live and Zoom. Layla, there's so much more for me to say, but I think it'll sound much better coming from you. Thank you so much for being on the Bride to Men podcast today. Thank you. I'm already tearing up from that intro. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait because I've heard the story. So I cannot wait for you to share it with everybody. (laughs) But before we go diving into 2020, I'd like for you to share with us how you and Austin first met. Sure. Well, I love this story because I feel like it's so kind of this millennial, I guess, when Austin and I both lived in New York at the same time, but never met. And then we both moved to San Diego for a job. And again, never had met each other. And then both were convinced through friends that we needed to join a dating app. And I thought, there's no way I've lived in New York. I lived in California. Like it was so easy to meet people. Why would I even start on a dating app? And at that point, I had been on probably thousands of horrible dates <laughs> and joined Hinge and thought, okay, I'm going to give this a try. And just like every love story, there's two sides to every story. So my story is that I reached out to Austin multiple times and I always got this message like, hey girl, I think we have a lot of really great similarities. I think we should meet up. And my response was always, yeah, I'm ready. Let's meet up. Let's go out. And three, four messages later, finally in January 2015, we finally met in person and we had our first date in San Diego at this like amazing restaurant. And after that, we never dated anyone else. I love it. So when did you know he was the one? Uh, This is another one of those things that I think Austin tells a different story and I tell one story. I feel like we need to bring Austin on later to hear his side of the story of everything. (laughs) I feel like you would get a kick out of that story. I think just to give us some tidbits, it's like this one time that he made brunch for me and I gave him the leftover food. And after that, he was like, all right, I will always be fed if this woman is in my life. (laughs) And I think for me, the time that I knew was really when we were just 
kind of relaxing and hanging out and talking about what we are, what we imagine our life to be. And I feel like that was like our first year. And there were so many things that came up, different jobs or different life choices and wanting to think about our future. And there wasn't a set plan, but we just like got in sync with what we were thinking about and how we could envision our life together. And we still hadn't said we're going to be doing that together, married or, you know, into the future. Mm -hmm. But the way we were having a conversation felt like we were listening to each other. We were exploring things. It felt like a safe environment to kind of test out ideas, just like what you would want in someone that you are kind of growing old together with. That's awesome. So it's like you guys were both talking about it, but you were going in the same line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he was the one that asked to be like, I guess the word is exclusive. But at that moment, I was like, oh, well, I'm still kind of like unsure. And he was like, I let's lock this down. I'm not seeing anyone else. Like, let's only see each other and see where this goes. And I was like, I need someone that's bold and kind of puts it out there because I can be indecisive at times. <laughs> that's awesome. I totally made Julian ask me to be his girlfriend, like old school, middle school style. Like you need to literally say, will you be my girlfriend? <laughs> I totally agree with that. <laughs> Otherwise it's really confusing. Like what am I to you? <laughs> exactly. Okay. So you guys met in San Diego and now you live in the Bay Area. When did you guys mosey on up this Yeah, way? about four years ago. Again, similar to the conversations we had kind of when we first met, we just realized that we both like San Diego, but wanted something different, wanted to build a stronger community, wanted to be part of kind of more of a diverse community. And so we started having conversations about moving up to the Bay and Austin got accepted to an accelerator for startup companies. And so he moved up to the Bay about six months ahead of me. And I went on a rampage of interviewing, trying to find jobs and trying to figure out how to get up to the Bay to, to be up here. And then Thanksgiving, I guess it's 2016, we told my parents, by the way, we're moving up to the Bay and we're going to live together and you can't do anything about it. <laughs> Come visit us when you want. Yeah. <laughs> Just really laid it on them. Exactly. <laughs> so when did the proposal happen? <laughs> yeah, well, again, we had like talked about it and had been pretty open about just spending our life together. And we had gone through a couple of really like rough kind of months where we were just working so much and had not spent a lot of quality time together. Like we were just kind of moving in different directions and he was traveling a lot. I was working a lot. And I am usually the planner. So usually planning the trips and, you know, the future plans and things like that. And he was like, we haven't seen each other. And I really want to plan this trip for us. And I thought, wow, that's so nice. And whatever you want, I will go with it. Thinking, were you clueless? I was clueless. And I now looking back, <laughs> obviously, there was all these signs. Yeah. I also was under the impression, like, I don't want to assume that this is happening. Call all my girlfriends and then be like, uh, he didn't do it. Like, <laughs> so I didn't put all like my hopes up and I just thought, all right, it's really great that he's doing this initiative. And I did not know where we were going. So I sort of assumed in the Bay, we have so many awesome options. And so I kind of just assumed we're going to be driving somewhere because there was no mention of anything else. Well, I got on a plane that 
oh. uh, evening <laughs> and on, on our way to Hawaii. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and had no idea. First thing when he gave me the tickets was like, uh, can I go home and repack? I was like, this is, I can't believe that's the first thing I said. <laughs> and then got on the five hour plane, got to Maui and then just had this like amazing trip and really like really thought we were just like having a good time together and just like reconnecting after kind of those tough months. And we went on this like really intense hike and I was like sweating and it just was really beautiful, but he was like swimming in the water and I was just like, this is so hot. I want to just get the pool <laughs> or the ocean. And at the end he was like, okay, we're going to do one last stop. And it's this really beautiful garden and it's like a sanctuary where there's animals. So we're just going to stop there. And we get there and this woman like greets me and she like hugs me so tight. She's like, welcome to this sanctuary. I think, you know, you might want to change. And I was like, why is she commenting on my outfit? Like, what do you mean? And she's like, just go freshen up in this bathroom over here. It's the guy who owns this sanctuary, lives in this house. She's like guiding us. And we go on this like really long winded tour. And the guy who owns the place is naming all of the plants in this garden. And I'm like, I really don't care. This is so beautiful. Thank you, Austin, for taking me. But <laughs> but I don't care about any of these plants. And this woman is taking pictures of us in next to all these plants. And again, hindsight, I should have like put these things together. But Austin is also known for kind of like interesting, fun, like somewhat creative, but obscure activities. So this to me seemed like right on point. And so I thought this is so funny. He seems like really nervous, but maybe this is because this woman is like really invasive and taking a, like a ton of pictures of us. Yeah. And then we get to this cliff and it is this insane overlook of the ocean. And there is this waterfall and this beautiful overlook. And he's like acting like really wild. He's just like nervous and fidgety. This woman is kind of like taking pictures of us, like in these weird poses. And then <laughs> I'm, I'm just very confused. And like, also just, I'm just going to learn from this guy about all these flowers. And I turn around and Austin is on one knee and he, and he is in like innovation and sales. And so he has always something to say. And he was just yeah like blank and then mumbled. And then he said all these like, kind of rhetorical questions like you love the the way I am right like you you care about me, right <laughs> and I'm just like where is this going and I was just shocked I was so surprised and just overwhelmed I didn't even say yes the woman who ended up was you know secret photographer was like Hello, uh, I don't think I captured that you said yes like are you gonna say yes and I thought yes of course <laughs> yeah that's amazing yeah it was so magical and then we got to spend a couple days just together and not we didn't share it with anyone we just had this sort of 24 hours of being blissfully together oh I love it it's funny I don't think I said yes either for (laughs) a bit and then Julian was like hold on (laughs) you say yes and I was like oh yeah and I didn't even put on the ring at first. I just kept staring at it like, oh my God, is this real? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so amazing. It's like this reflex that yeah. 
like the, the answer isn't even yes. It's just like an overwhelming feeling that like, of course, yes, all things yeah. affirm that I'm in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, love, I, I actually dropped to my knees with him when he was on his knees. Me too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> there is a picture of me. I am like crying and I'm holding him on my knees. Like, and I didn't even <laughs> grab the ring. I was just like, I, I am with you. We are like, we're together at this. Yes. I love that. There, there, it was also like I it was weird for me that he was like on his knees and then I was standing above him and I was like I just dropped down with him and I was like, <laughs> you're like this is like awkward. I'm on the same level with you now <laughs> oh, I love that that's awesome okay so before we dive into COVID here I would love to know did you have a dream wedding vision what was that like I did not but I know a lot of people did so you're nodding your head. Yes. So I feel like I actually <laughs> didn't, which I feel like what was probably surprising is that I like, I had the pieces in mind, but I didn't really see the whole thing coming together. And I felt like for the longest time I had always like, before I met Austin, I was always like searching for what would it look like or who would the person look like? And what would they be like? That would kind of fit my personality, fit my needs fit what I wanted and fit what I like want to continue to grow into. And so I just kept thinking about the person and I felt like I was just like continuing to grow. And when I moved to San Diego, I finally opened myself up so much to being authentically myself, but also opening up to someone else. And I think when I met Austin, that's when I started to like visualize what it would look like for our life to be together and not necessarily what that moment in time would look like. Mm -hmm. But then as I started to actually plan the wedding, then I started to get the vision. And so that's why this year has been so challenging because if you had asked me like maybe a year plus ago, I would have been like, whatever, it's all good. I have the guy. And then I had this like vision of the wedding that I wanted so badly that this year didn't come to life, but something amazing came out. I love that. I, yeah, I'm right there with you. Did not have a vision. Really mature of you to more have like envisioning the person you wanted to be with, also envisioning who you wanted to be yourself too. So props to you on that because I don't know if a lot of people do that work ahead of time. I feel like I'm on that journey every day still. All right, let's take a quick break to hear about our sponsor, GiftPod. As you know, Julian and I still manage to have a dream wedding, even though we had to do a lot of bobbing and weaving to make it happen during the pandemic and ended up celebrating with just our immediate families. But of course, we did truly miss celebrating with our entire tribe. In order to give our peeps a way to celebrate us, we asked them to send audio recordings of their love, support, and advice for our relationship. The recordings were produced, edited, spiced up with music, and packaged as a gift pod our own personal podcast that we can now listen to on our anniversary or whenever we just want to feel loved. GiftPod is giving every guest on the podcast a free gift pod and is offering our listeners 10% off. You can apply it to a wedding package or you can use it to give a gift pod for any occasion, a birthday, anniversary, or even a celebration of life. Go to giveagiftpod.com and use promo code COVIDBRIDES. Okay, so you're supposed to get married in October. COVID, we get announced with the first lockdown in March. 
Did you feel like October was even a problem for you? I thought my September wedding was in the clear, so... Yeah, this one, I actually looked back. So during each month, I made a point to write down how I was feeling and what was going on at the last 10 months or whatever month we're on. And so I actually looked back on what I wrote. And in March, first of all, the terms that we're using today, like were not commonplace. So like shelter in place was not a terminology yeah. that was like used in our normal speak. And I wrote it, I was like, shelter in place, question mark. And I thought, what <laughs> in the world? Like nine months later, that's like, I basically use that term like every hour on the hour for the last nine months. Yeah. So thinking about that and thinking about March, I being in healthcare, I had a little bit of a head start, I guess, of knowing kind of where the path was taking us to shelter in place. But I was like you, I really was not like thinking that October would be a time where there would be no big events happening and that like a, a wedding or like a, a gathering would be restricted. I thought, okay, maybe summer would hit and there might be some still issues, but that fall would hit and we might be in the clear. Yeah. yeah. When, and I was watching everybody that was supposed to get married in April, May, June, postponed to like September, October, November. So I was like, oh, well, if they're postponing till then, I feel like I'm golden. Yes, that's exactly right. I had a wedding planner for my wedding in San Diego, and that's really, she was encouraging people to like postpone to September. And so in my mind, I was like, well, she's not like a medical professional, but like she's maybe has <laughs> her finger on the pulse of the wedding industry. And those brides had to cancel twice. Now, maybe even more than twice. Bless their hearts, honestly. We had our wedding planner on an episode for Bride to Have Been. And it's funny because I was like, Jane, all of us must have been going to you with like answers. And she was like, it was so hard because like I'm in the same boat as everybody else. I have no clue what's happening. So this whole time we're like emailing her and calling her like, all right, what do we do? What do we do? And poor thing was like, I don't know. That's <laughs> you exactly know? right. Like we're going to like the subject matter expert being like, so do you have a crystal ball? Can you tell me what I should expect? Yeah. And yeah, it, it just wasn't like that. The wedding planner I had, she like just sent out a mass email to all of her clients for the summer and the fall and said, do not contact me in March or April. I will get back to you when I can because yeah. every... March and April are so popular, especially like in a San Diego wedding time. Oh, I bet. Oh my goodness. Okay. So at what point, because you're in the medical industry or medical field, when did you know or like decide, okay, we need to pivot here because this isn't happening? So even though I, let's say, know, knew better, my logical and my emotional side were definitely at odds with each other. So probably <laughs> logically, I should have maybe postponed or had those conversations like Austin, I should have had those conversations maybe like month or two months or maybe even three months before we actually said anything or did anything. But my emotional self was like, one, I, I sort of shut down. I didn't want to talk about it. Normally, you overshare and you want everyone to know about this time. Mm -hmm. But I just felt so like shocked and maybe overwhelmed by what was happening that I shut down. So people would ask, what do you think you're going to do for fall? 
And I was like, I really don't want to talk about it. I will let you know when I decide you will probably get an email from me. And that will be the only time we discuss it. I just felt this, again, sense of I don't have answers similar to probably what the wedding planners were Mm -hmm. feeling like I don't have answers. I don't know. I am like emotionally drained by not just this event, but like all these other things happening in life. And so when probably we finally told people, we had started the conversations in probably early June. And then July, we finally started to tell like our families. And then we actually sent out like uh, our plans have been postponed or changed or whatever those, yeah, whatever minted gave me like all these options. And I was like, all these suck, but <laughs> our plans have changed. I guess is the only one that resonates. So we sent that out yeah. like details about we'll let everyone know and keeping their health first. How many people were supposed to go to your wedding? We sent out uh, 135 invitations. It was so tough. People kept asking us too. And we were like, I don't know, like maybe. And actually in the beginning, we're like, yeah, we're in the clear. And then then it got to be like, I have no clue. I mean, I had my bridesmaids buy their dresses in June because there was a sale on Reformation because um, that's where I had them get their dresses from or supposed to. And then literally, I think a week or two weeks later, I was like, uh, you can return your dresses. That's exactly right. Like those are those questions that I was just frantic because I didn't want to put people in those situations. But I also felt like, well, in August, I don't want everyone to be trying to find like their dresses and their accessories and like all that stuff, but it's so tough. Did you end up being able to have any other self, like a bachelorette or a bridal shower? Yeah, I will just give all kudos and props to one of my best friends. Her name is Katie and she put together a four hour Zoom bachelorette party that I thought was going to uh, four hours on a zoom. I was like, there's no way (laughs) an hour. Like there's no way this is going to happen. And she included my mom, Austin's mom, his aunts, his family. And then my friends kind of range from different points of my life. So like grad school, when I was living in New York undergrad, when I was in orange County in California, and then all across the spectrum of friends from high school and different points in the Bay And so there was about 22 people on this call for four hours and only probably like a couple people dropped off. And each hour there was an event. We had like brunch together and a friend of mine who lives um, in Sacramento, she actually surprised me in real time. So she came to the house and had brunch with me. And then we did, I'm really into energizers, icebreakers. And so my friend Katie knows that. And so we ran around and mm-hmm. these icebreakers so that everybody on in the bachelorette kind of party got to know each other, got to know me. And my mom, who knows these people but hasn't met them, was able to like learn so much about me as like an adult. And so it was really special to have that experience. And then each hour there was a there was another like fun activity that was planned. And by the time four hours, we all stayed on actually four and a half, five, because at the end, we all were just sort of drunk. <laughs> I don't know if I can say that. Like, <laughs> and, and wow, that that didn't feel like a four hour event. So That is, I think, might be a world record hosted 
virtual event I've ever heard of. <laughs> my my mom wanted me to do a Zoom for people that couldn't come to my bridal shower and she did in the backyard. So we felt like in with masks. So we felt like it was safe. But I was like, mom, 30 minutes max. I am not hosting these people for more than that. I think it was like 18 minutes total. I was, she was like, you're done. And I was like, yep, I'm done. Thank you for everything. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Love you all. Appreciate you joining. I'm really awkward on this situation right now. Yeah. I, I <laughs> so. get that though. I feel like it was just the activities. And then there were like all these different points where people could kind of engage with each other, drop off. Austin played a kind of bartender. So like he was actually like, we had a mixologist on and teach us how to make drinks. And he was in real time on the side making drinks for my friend and I that were there and in person. So I definitely think it was like really leaning into reimagining what it's like to connect, what it's like to have a gathering, what's the purpose of these things. And there were definitely other moments where I'm so appreciative that I did those things virtually because in my mind, still at that point, I, I didn't think we were going to cancel our wedding. And that didn't come until a little bit later. Yeah. Did Austin have a bachelor party? He did. He, I, I, well, what was awkward was like, I, cause the guys were all just kind of all over the place. So I planned <laughs> this bachelor party with his two cousins. And I was like, please, these are just, this is the list of things that I just don't want to happen because you guys are all at home. So this is, yeah. this is kind of weird anyways. So they had like an hour where they were just like hanging out. It was people from all over that, again, Austin has lived a lot of places too. So it was definitely good. But I remember Austin saying after my bachelorette, he was like, I just wish that we had all the activities that you had. That was so fun. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I feel like you're going to have to share those activities um, because I think people need to be inspired on how to make these things more engaging because I got off of one before and I was like, I feel like we need to figure out a way to make this so people want to get off the mic and talk on these virtual celebrations because they are special moments that we are not being able to celebrate during these times. But also people don't know how to stay on the line engaging everybody the whole time. So I agree and are are kind of exhausted by just like the Zoom, the uh, like virtual, like the technology piece of everything. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm with you. I think like figuring out how to do that I read a book a while back and I've recently like re-engaged with it and like actually now are subscribed to her newsletter, but it's the book called The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker. And I just love the way that she is putting into the universe a way to connect people and like rethink why we have events and then kind of design an event that caters to the main reason why we're doing it. The real purpose, not because we should not because it's what we're supposed to do because this is like the path forward, but like really thinking about what are we doing to like engage and like really bring people into the connection of it all. But I told my friend Katie, this is like your side hustle now. Like you need to yeah. package this up, sell just like the agenda and then everyone can decide if they want to do the activities or not. Yeah. And she came up with it all on her own. She used some of the like techniques that I like basically talked to her a lot about, like engaging teams and like all that I do in like my job. And so, Mm -hmm. but the activities and the people and like how she connected 
resources and people who are in like entertainment industry that needed work, especially during COVID. So all of these people that showed up were all in kind of service hospitality industry. So it was also kind of giving back to them and having them have sort of a, a job on a virtual environment. So so cool. That's awesome. All right. She's side hustle. Here she goes <laughs> for Katie. We got it. We just got to come up with a name. Yeah. Okay. So you and Austin decided to postpone, cancel? Postpone. Postpone. Okay. At that point. At that point. Yes. Breaking news tonight is going to be, <laughs> we, we did cancel. <laughs> Oh, no way. It's like, I thought you postponed, but I, a lot of people are doing that where they postpone initially and then now they end up having an elopement or something. And then they're like, like we, we had a micro wedding and we thought we'd have a party later. We said, no, thank you. We're, we're good on that. Sorry, everybody. So can you tell us a little bit about how the journey of changing from your wedding to eloping in, in October? It was a long journey, even though I think it was only a couple months. Felt like forever. Felt like forever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think what was the hardest part about just the process of thinking about a change or a pivot was that there was a lot of, for me, it was a lot of stopping and starting. So there was just like a lot of information, then not enough information. And then it kind of felt like there were so many things we could do because all these, you know, new ideas were popping up, like a micro wedding or an elopement or city hall or so then it became we had an idea of this wedding in October then now there's like all these new things that we could try to do and kind of put together pieces of it and then the third is like who did help us do this mm-hmm. and so there was all these things that just kind of kept coming up and so it kind of took took a while to articulate what we really wanted we did decide to then go to just, we're going to go to city hall. We're going to get a photographer. San Francisco city hall is gorgeous. So that was the path forward. A month after we had decided that booked the photographer, we realized city hall is not opening and has not opened. So let's scratch that plan. And then I found this mini elopement coordinator. Her name is Rachel. And she just, I talked to her and she was like, I hear you. I'm with you. And let's make your new dream come true. And it felt like on that first initial call, she had a lot of ideas, but she really just listened to what I wanted. And she listened to how I had been feeling about this experience. And it was only until like later on, did she start to help to like mold and kind of figure out the details. But I really think I just needed someone to listen to me about like, Mm -hmm. we're all in this together. And this is so wild. But even though everyone's in it together, I'm having like my own emotional experience and journey. So I I really think it was amazing to, to have that like kind of pivotal moment. And that's what initiated this conversation about should we elope in a park or in a a monument area or a location in San Francisco? Should we elope like at our house in Oakland? And as those conversations started to, to continue, my imagination and my sort of design creative mindset was completely tapped out. And I just felt going back to that feeling of like in July, where I just felt paralyzed with so many decisions, so many choices. What do I want? The vision of the wedding was there and now it was ripped away from me. 
And it is very difficult for me to ask for help. And I didn't ask for help. I just basically cried and broke down. And that's when Austin asked me, he looked me in the eye. He was like, do you need help? Can I do this? Can I help you with this? And that was the moment that like, I think I cried even more because I don't even know where to begin. And that's where he leaned in. And we talked about what we wanted and what would really help us feel like we were connected with each other and connected with our family. And we use a tool called a storyboard and we drew up basically like hour by hour, a scene of what this day could look like for us. And we use that in conversations with our elopement planner and with the videographer. And it really became kind of like the grounding tool that helped us really one set out like what we wanted to do that day and what we want, how we wanted to feel during the day. And then also help ground people that were part of the journey with us because they sort of use this. Actually, Rachel had it with her and she was like, all right, so we're on step three of the journey of the storyboard. (laughs) And it felt like that gave us a little bit of maybe taking back the control of Mm -hmm. the time and had this path. And so I actually never saw the completed uh, storyboard. And so there were a couple of really key moments during the actual day, October 8th, that I did not know about and I was completely surprised by. Can you share with us those moments? Sure, of course. (laughs) The day started with just this beautiful, decorative, something called a sofre, which is a wedding, a Persian wedding altar. And it's a really traditional altar that has all these really significant items like uh, sugar, honey, herbs, and candles, a mirror. And it has like all these different items that all symbolize something for your unity, for your marriage, for your relationship, and for the future. And in my mind, I had even found like a couple of aunties in Orange County that were going to help me build this for my wedding in October. But I thought for an elopement, it would have been too much. And I just hadn't really even considered putting all the pieces together. Well, when I came downstairs, it was this entire altar was created. Austin had created it. And my dad had sent up items that he's been collecting from my grandma, who still, my dad's family all lives in Iran. And he had created this entire altar in our dining room. And I like got overwhelmed. So special. I mean, it was so special to have that again, knowing at that, at this point now that we might not have a future wedding, but like having that as part of our, our love story was so important to bring in my culture. And that's something that just symbolizes like love and relationships and so much like meaningful, especially with family that can't be there. And so that was a total shock. And then we ended up deciding that none of our parents would fly in and just for their health and safety. And so it was just Austin and I in person. So both of our parents had sent these beautiful cards that we read. That was a surprise and a couple of like little trinkets and gifts. And then I walked outside into our courtyard and it was all decorated with flowers and like a whole area. And the surprise is that we were actually going to be exchanging vows in our courtyard where we had about a year ago designed uh, a whole new water fountain with all these new tiles. And so just 
an amazing way, again, to symbolize 2020, where we've not left our house, that we could share our vows together in the place that we've spent so many you know, moments together. And then as the day continued, I did not know about the Facebook Live, and I had really no idea about there was a cake and a champagne toast and all these little things that I just knew I was going to show up. And I actually got my wedding dress from Reformation. So love Reformation. (laughs) And like, just showed up and any anything that I didn't like, I didn't know about anything. So for me, when anything went wrong, I like, I didn't care because I didn't know. Austin rented this like beautiful old car and was going to come to the house and pick me up and surprise me. Well, that car stopped on the freeway while he was like the videographer was with him. And he had to call the guy he rented the car from to come pick the car. And he lived an hour away. And Austin called it. He's like, what should we do? And I was like, it's all good. Just leave the car there. Let's continue. (laughs) And so it was really nice actually to not be in charge of the surprises. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's the best being surprised (laughs) personally. (laughs) Austin is so creative and clearly listened to the things that you wanted and valued and everything, which is just so special. And I think just goes to show he's totally your person. But yeah, I said mad props to Austin when you first told me this story. So I love it so much. Did you guys do your vows on Zoom and Facebook Live? Yeah, we did. So in true kind of Austin and Layla form, we are like perpetually late people. Like we just, I don't know, (laughs) run on our own time, I guess. Uh, We were about like an hour and a half or two hours late on the Facebook Live. And I was getting texts saying like, we're on the live thing. Are you guys coming? I was like, what is the live thing? I don't know what is happening. And then finally, I like learned the videographer is this is his first time setting up Facebook Live. We are just like in our own world. I'm just like, everything is so great and amazing. And I'm so surprised. And so finally, we like set up, you know, having our vows. We're in front of the fountain and a bunch of our family was on there and they got to hear us actually say our vows to each other, which was really special, especially because for Austin, I think one of the hardest parts about the changing of what the wedding was going to look like, was telling our parents. And we told my parents in person, and then we had to tell his parents virtually. And each one of them had such a different response. Like my mom cried because it just felt like so overwhelming to her. Austin's parents were just like, we know you're doing the right thing, but this is so hard not to be there. Mm -hmm. And so to have that Facebook live kind of element where we can actually watch that video continuously, our family was able to watch it like after the fact too. We have family that lives internationally and everyone felt that they were part of this day in some way and really could hear like why we're together, why we love each other what is bringing us together. And that I think was really special. Yeah. It probably was even more intimate than them being there in person because you probably would have had a lot of people there. I don't know. I feel like that's a really intimate moment for everybody to experience with you all. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, Yeah. exactly right. How did Austin build the altar and decorate the courtyard without you 
knowing. <laughs> I know, right? I think that I was just so tired. I mean, I, I really do feel like I, that was on, on another side of my life. I was also like looking for a new job and there was a lot of other stuff that was like I was juggling. And so I think like this was like the perfect intersection of me being so tired at this point, not giving an F <laughs> and like basically like oblivious and just wanting to watch TV and not think about and didn't want to answer any questions about a wedding. And I think it was just like the perfect combination that I just could not like, I physically could not control anything and I didn't really even have the energy to. And so like I went to bed early, he was up all night doing this altar in the morning, they came at like 7am and I heard the sounds. But Mm -hmm. at that point, I was like, whatever the surprise is, it is. And the mini elopement planner, Rachel, she had, you know, connections to florists and some other people that really helped to get kind of everything streamlined and like really easy to get some of those pieces together too. So cool. Yeah. I, I want to see pictures from this all because I just, I have this vision, but I want to see it all in real life. So <laughs> definitely. So you just told us you're going to cancel your postponement. <laughs> Breaking news. What made you decide to cancel? So after the elopement, we had just like an amazing day. It really was. We eloped at our house in Oakland. Then we actually drove around in our own car, not the rented the old (laughs) and we drove around and took pictures in san francisco at the sunset and then at the end of the day we drove home we parked and austin had partnered with like our neighbor who's amazing and she had decorated our entire patio area with candles and rose petals and brought out our cake and I have pills right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have this video of us walking through our gate. And I mean, he was so surprised because he just gave her kind of like an idea. Please set a table and put this cake up. And it was just unreal. And we sat down and again, in true kind of Bay Area fashion, we just basically had all these plans for dinner, but decided we like love this dumpling place in San Francisco. So we just like grabbed to go in our outfits and was like, thank you so much. Bye. And got home to this incredible surprise and then closed the night out with at like 9 PM, a zoom toast. And my dad, I didn't realize my dad had written down what he'd want to say. And something that I didn't mention earlier, but Austin's parents and my parents have actually never met in person. So all of oh, wow. zoom experiences almost had to be like elevated and had to like really feel that connection so that people could feel like the coming together of two families. And Mm -hmm. it was, my dad wrote this like amazing toast and just connected Austin's dad and his mom and connected my mom and him together. And it like closed this day that could have been so different. And it just felt so connected, so intimate all at the same time. And so after that, I think we like ran off and did a honeymoon in Carmel. And so we had this like time to, you know, reflect and hang out and just be with each other. And we like decided we're not going to make any decisions uh, about the wedding or any anything in the future until we feel ready to do that. And this last month, we just started to feel like 
things were just getting worse, hearing about all of the the horrible things that are happening in other people's families with death and just this like mental health crisis and public health crisis and just feeling like we we did we had so much love in this day and moving forward and having and really pushing our families to come together when they're in person when some are like not ready and there's so much you know mental energy that that comes to that and also mm-hmm everyone's mindset about travel and about what their comfort level is changed. Like we, we might not realize it, but so much about the way that we come together and the way that we travel and the way that we do kind of like what people say is like the previous normal is going to look so different. It just is. And so with all that, we decided that we were, we felt comfortable that we could take the loss because a lot of those were (laughs) non-refundable. Oh no. Yeah. (laughs) And just felt like we should cancel for the the sanity of ourselves, for others, and really just think about moving into the future without that kind of, I guess, for lack of a better word, like over our heads. Yeah. And we're sending out those like everything, you know, we loved and the wedding's canceled. (laughs) See you in 2021. (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh all right well I asked every bride COVID bride one last question and sounds like this year has been an emotional roller coaster and just draining so what do you feel like is one thing you've learned or valued through the constant changes happening when trying to just pivot and replan things there have been definitely times in our relationship where you could I could sense and both of us could sense like we weren't solving the problems together. We were on our own doing different things and trying to connect that way. And this year really showed me that like when we come together and we like understand the problem, see the problem and then kind of figure out a solution together, it's the best option and it's really keeps us stronger. Yeah. You two are unstoppable at that point as a duo. I feel like that's just like a life lesson. You know what I mean? Moving forward. That's awesome. So I totally agree. Well, congratulations. Layla, it's so lovely to have you on Bride to Ben. Thank you so much for being a part of our journey. Thank you so much. This is amazing. And thank you for letting me share my story and being part of your story. Of course. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Emily Lewis. Follow me on social media at Bride to Have Been and please send me or DM me your COVID wedding stories if you're interested in being featured on the podcast. Bride to Have Been is brought to you by GiftPod and produced by StudioPod. Edits were made by Notolab. Special thanks to Gary Oakland for providing this track. Subscribe, rate, and share with your fellow brides.